Cairo, Seattle. It's time to get schooled with a professor, John Clayton. Welcome to Schooled with a Professor. Of course, we're in that holiday season right now, but of course, the holidays coming up as far as the National Football League. It's kind of the quiet time and a time to kind of reflect. And of course, uh, wanted to get a preview a little bit of the Arizona Cardinals. And joining us right now from ESPN.com, Josh Weinfuss. So Josh, I guess we start out because we watched this here in Seattle that, uh, you know, as he was in his rookie contract, you know, Russell Wilson talked about playing baseball. Kyler Murray now in his rookie contract is talking about the same thing. But of course, I mean, he got out of baseball because he got the big signing bonus uh, <clears throat> that, you know, he had, he had to, I guess, pay back. So where, where does that all stand and what does that all mean? It sounds like nothing is going to happen until after this rookie deal is there's a clause in, in, in Kyler's rookie contract that says he, he can't play baseball. So once they start to negotiate his next contract, which could happen as soon as after this coming season, um, then I think we will see maybe some sort of language that will allow him to possibly play. I think it's going to be pretty ambiguous. I think it's good, but it's going to leave the door open that if you ever want to try it, maybe like a Russell Wilson training or spring training type of situation, or maybe. Or, or maybe like Deion Sanders and play a season of both. You know, I, I don't know what that's going to look like, but I think he wants to give himself the opportunity to still do it. I don't think he wants to shut the door on being a two-sport um, athlete. Um, it just is going to. I think it's going to be a matter of of what the team says, kind of how Kyler feels about it. But I, I know he he definitely wants to keep the door open. He doesn't want to shut it right now. Yeah, but of course that's the one thing. Is it? Sure, you can get the big signing bonus and all that stuff, but it's not going to come close to what he's going to get in his second contract in the NFL because, you know, in baseball it takes you, what, six years, the three final three amount of uh, arbitration just to be able to get money. And, of course, that doesn't – and it doesn't count if you're still in the minor leagues. Right, right, which is why I think he'd want to still <clears throat> be playing football so he can get paid that type of money and still dabble in baseball so he can get – the best of both worlds. I think that's kind of the ideal situation, but whether or not, you know, the A's, if that's who he goes with, will allow it, or the Cardinals, who he's still with after this rookie deal, they will allow it. I think that's going to be the biggest question. How do you evaluate where he is right now in the quarterback chain? Because obviously you can see that, you know, he, he's exciting, he's quick, he's, you know, a lot of, a lot of great things, but where do you evaluate where he is? I think what we're looking at going into year three is a quarterback who still has room to grow. I mean, he, he's, he's, he, he's a natural winner, right? We, we, we've seen what he did in high school. We saw what he did in college. And obviously that hasn't happened yet in the NFL. But we've also seen him take a team from three wins to five and from five wins to, to eight wins. And he's also proven that he, how he went last year was how the Cardinals went. So when he got injured um, twice against the Dolphins, against the Seahawks, the Cardinals just they, – they, they didn't adapt well enough with, with to his injuries, right? They, they, they were relying too much on what he was doing. And it just shows that he's, he, he, he's shouldering this responsibility of an entire offense, which he can do when he's healthy, but he can't do it if he's injured. So I think we're seeing a kid who is coming into his own. He's obviously immensely talented. He has a great arm. He has great feet. He has great speed. And we're starting to see him learn – how to play NFL football, how to play against NFL-style schemes. And I think once he gets a better grasp of that, I think we're going to see a big jump from this from 2020 to 2021 
because now he has more time, you know, to, to in the off season. Yeah, he, he has an off season compared to you know last year when everyone was working from home, and he has more time to work with guys like DeAndre Hopkins and AJ Green. I think we're going to see him take a major jump this year, kind of what we expected from that you know year one to year two jump. I think it's going to happen this year. I think we're going to see a potential MVP candidate out of him this year. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the one thing is like it. It's usually the third year. Now, it didn't happen with Russell Wilson because he was able to get into the playoffs the first year, and same thing with Andrew Luck. But it's usually a third year where the quarterbacks really starts to emerge, particularly the real good ones, and then the team emerges with them and starts becoming a a serious playoff contender. And I would have to contend when you look at the Cardinals roster right now, I mean, you know, I don't don't know if it's going to be ranked. It's probably more ranked fourth in this incredibly good division. But I think you, you look at it and say, hey, I don't care if they're fourth. They're still a playoff contender. I do think they're a playoff contender. I think that, the, I mean, I guess to me, I think they're still better than San Francisco. I don't know how if they are going to be, at, how good they're going to be compared to to the Seahawks this year. I think on paper this team is very good. I think obviously the Rams adding Matthew Stafford that puts them up a notch. Um, but no, like you said, they, they are a playoff team. But then again, are we looking at three other playoff teams in the NFC West at this point? So um, it's it's going to be an absolute bloodbath every time these teams play each other um and you know and and the question will be can clip kingsbury figure out a way to outsmart all these other coaches and get them get the cardinals to a place where they could potentially either win the division or be good enough in this division to get a wild card spot you know after seven games last year they were five and two they were fighting for the number one seed in the nfc and then the entire NFC after seven weeks and then and then they took obviously that 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 that, that nosedive went into a tailspin but if they don't do that last year, are we talking now about a playoff team that maybe went to the NFC Championship game? And if that, you know, and since that didn't happen last year, are we going to be talking about that this year? You know, to me, they're better than they are on paper, at least. They're better than they, they were last year. Mm-hmm. But now it's just a matter of getting, taking that next step on the field. And, 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 and but as better, as, much, as, as good as they've gotten, all these other teams have gotten better too. So it's so hard to tell at this point how much better they're going to be than, if they're going to be any, any better than all these other teams. But, they they beat the Seahawks last year. They they they, they beat the Niners. So we'll set to see. Yeah, well, that's the one thing too. You bring up Cliff Kingsbury, and it seems like uh, there seems to be more question marks about him than anything else. I mean, again, he's a bright coach. There's no doubt about that. But uh, where do you kind of feel? Because is I mean, will he be on the hot seat if he doesn't make the playoffs, or if he doesn't have a good year? And where where do you think he is as a coach? I think he'll enter the season on the hot seat. Um, and I think if they don't make the playoffs for any other reason besides major injuries, I, I just don't know how they can bring him back because you're talking three years of Kyler's rookie contract wasted without a playoff appearance. I think they're tied for the second longest playoff drought in the league. Um, you know, and, and it, if we see this team fall off again like they did last year, then I think there's only one person you can blame, and that's the head coach. And if, you know, Michael Biddle, the, the Cardinals owner, wants to see his team take the jump that the Rams did under Sean McVay, he might need another head coach for that to happen. You know, I think there was a, obviously expectations were pretty high last year. I think they're sky high this year considering the offseason acquisitions. And if that doesn't happen, then it's just a matter of, you know, when, when do you go and find that next coach who can do that? You know, this is, this is the Cardinals' third first year, first time head coach, Bruce Arians. Mm-hmm. It was his first job. It was Steve Volk's first job. And now it's Cliff Kingsbury's first job. At what point does that recipe not work? Actually, it's four because um, 
um, the coach before Arians, uh, Ken Wisenhut. That was his first job, too. So it was four straight first-time head coaches. Obviously, Wisenhut got them to the Super Bowl with Kurt Warner, but at what point, as you as a franchise say, we need to find someone who has experience, right? We need to find someone who can come in here and knows what it takes to get this team to the next level while coaching a superstar quarterback. And if, if they wait much longer, then they're going to, they could potentially waste Kyler Murray's full contract and might turn him off of coming back here. Because as much as he likes Cliff Kingsbury, I think he likes winning more. And if he can't win here, then I don't think he's going to stick around. Yeah, like I can see that. If there's anything, what would be missing in Cliff Kingsbury right now that uh, you know could put him on the hot seat? I mean, what what part of the coaching circle uh, is not maybe uh, hitching up as well? I think it's it's I, I, when you watch him in practice and you watch him, I, I, he doesn't. He's more of an offense. He's obviously an offensive-minded head coach, right? I think a lot of people call him you know, a glorified offensive coordinator, which I think to some degree is fair, right? Obviously, he's, he stands in front of the, the room and team meetings and does all that, but doesn't really get involved with the Cardinals' defense. He lets Vance Joseph kind of do his thing. Um, you know, you have Sean Kugler, the offensive line coach. He's the run game coordinator. So really, you have Kingsbury running the passing game, running the quarterbacks, coaching Kyler Murray, and – Everyone else kind of does their own thing. And I, I just don't know if that's kind of the way that you're going to win at the NFL level. Obviously, they brought Cliff in and they gave him his hand-picked quarterback because that's just kind of the way of the future. You want quarterbacks and coaches to kind of be on the same page like that. But at what point does that kind of stop working, right? And I think maybe I think we're seeing – we could start seeing it here depending on how this year goes. Like if they don't go to the playoffs this year and they don't produce like, like they should, if they don't get to 10 wins – and there's kind of the offense is stagnant at times. I think we need to look and say, is he a better offense coordinator than a head coach? And if that's the case, I think Michael Bidwell needs to make that decision to just move on and, and save save this team under 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 Kyler Murray. Hmm, interesting. Now, <clears throat> this is going to be a little bit of a different look to the Cardinals because you have two potential Hall of Fame players that aren't going to be back. I mean, you don't have the ability to, to go ahead and uh, have the – uh, situation going with uh, Larry Fitzgerald, who we don't know if he's going to retire or not. Looks like he still wants to play, but he's not back. And you end up having the uh, situation going with uh, Patrick Peterson leaving. How how different is that going to make this team? Um, I think it'll have Patrick Peterson not being here will be more of an impact than Larry Fitzgerald not being here uh, internally, at least. You know, mm-hmm. I think Patrick Peterson was one of those corners. That, that that Vance Joseph could really rely on to to if not take away a wide receiver one then then to really play him well enough where he's not that big of an impact and I think by losing that they they need to kind of reformulate the thinking of this defense a little bit obviously they got Malcolm Butler who's also a top cornerback so he's he's going to be the guy that shadows other teams top receivers but I think Patrick Pearson is is you know he was still great i don't know if he was still elite at this point but he was still great and i think that you know they're gonna need malcolm butler to play at a patrick peterson type of level week in and week out which i think he's capable of doing um but i think it's going to really we're gonna see what malcolm butler's made out of because if, if he could truly go and take away a top receiver whether he's traveling or not, then that's gonna allow guys like chandler jones and jj watt to pin their ears back and get to the quarterback so until we see kind of where Malcolm Butler is on the field and whether he can truly plan an island 
and 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 play at a high level snap, you know, every snap. I think that we could see Patrick Peterson's absence kind of lingering over this team. But Larry Fitzgerald, I'm convinced he's not coming back. Um, I, you know, I don't see him as the type of guy that wants to be away from his team when when they're working. You know, he's always talked about how much he loves the camaraderie, loves the locker room, and he also wants to get into the playbook. You know, earlier, 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 it seems like every year. So we understand what he's doing, what everyone else is doing. But you know, we're we're sitting here in in July, and he still hasn't. Um, said anything about his future, and I think to me that's a sign that he's not going to come back. He's always said that when he retires, he just wants to ride up into the sunset. Doesn't want the pomp and circumstance. Doesn't want the going away parties. Doesn't want that farewell tour. I think that's what he's going to get. Hmm, interesting. So now um, <clears throat> JJ Watt being added to the defense. How much is that going to help? And where does this put this defense? I think it's going to give the defense obviously a lot of locker room presence. Right. I think they're going to have that the veteran leadership they really need, especially when you have two young guys in Isaiah Simmons and first round pick Zayvon Collins running your defense as, as inside linebacker. Um, but I think it's also going to give the Cardinals a great option when Chandler Jones gets double teamed, JJ Watt's going to be, a, you know, one-on-one. And when JJ Watt gets, gets double teamed, Chandler Jones is going to get one-on-one. So it's going to be, for, you know, for an offensive line, it's going to be pick your poison. Who do you want getting to your quarterback, Chandler Jones or JJ Watt? And the Cardinals really didn't have, that type of um, those types of options in the last couple of years, you know. So, like after Chandler Jones went for 19 sacks in 2019, he came back, you know, through the five games he played last season before he got injured. Teams figured out how to slow him down, and there's only so much one human being can do against two other massive human beings. So if that happens again this year, then that's going to leave JJ Watt wide open, and you know, like I said, it's it's going to be a pick your poison type of situation. So it can have a, a massive impact on on not just you know, Chandler Jones, but the entire defense as a whole. Hmm. Interesting. One thing I noticed, and of course, uh, <clears throat> this kind of goes against the NFL grain a little bit, is that uh, you always want to try to get younger. You always want to try to get better. But one thing the general manager, Steve Kime, did is bring in a lot of older type of players. You know, J.J. Watt, Colt McCoy, traded for Marcus Hudson. You know, Malcolm Butler's getting a little bit older. You know, Brian Winter. And of course, A.J. Green at wide receiver. Could that be a little bit of an issue right now? Yes and no. I think that it's a, it's definitely, to me, a sign that this they're going for it this year. Uh, maybe they're going to be able to go for it next year. But for sure, this is one of those all-in years. And if it doesn't work, then they're going to have to figure it out next year. Obviously, the salary cap with the major play and all this. Um, you know, and But while they went older in some guys, they also went pretty young You know, at, at other positions. Like I said, Isaiah Simmons and David Collins are going to be your two starting inside linebackers. They have one NFL season of experience combined. Like to me, that's a huge risk, huge risk because you're you're putting the, the defense. You know, David Collins is going to wear the green the green dot. You're putting an entire defense in a rookie's hands. That's a massive, massive risk, in my opinion. Um, but with the other guys, you know, I think a lot of it is to even out some of the youth that they have elsewhere, particularly a quarterback, going to give Kyler Murray some veterans to play with. Some guys who are uh, who can still produce. I mean, I think AJ Green's gonna have a huge year because this might be the first time he's not gonna be the number one target for an offense. So, you know, what like I talked about with um, with with Watt and in, in, in Chandler Jones, if DeAndre Hopkins is covered, you know, AJ Green should be the first thought in Kyler's mind, and that could be a huge that could mean a huge year for Green. 
Yeah, no question. I could see, I could see that definitely. And so, but it's always interesting because I know I looked at it when you look at Tampa Bay and they had the great success of going to the Super Bowl with Tom Brady, bringing all 22 starters back. But by bringing everybody back, they're now the oldest team in the league. And last year, they really didn't suffer a lot of injuries. And so you wonder, it's like, okay, bringing older guys back as, you know, they think the average age of the starters are like 28 years old. Uh, that can be an issue. How, how was Arizona last year for injuries? They were pretty beat up um, at, at, at some positions. I mean, obviously, you know, Chandler Jones missed all but five games with a, with a biceps injury. Dennis Gardick got hurt late in the season with uh, ACL. Um, I'm trying to think who else suffered some injuries. Zach Allen, he's a, a young defensive lineman. He was out. Um, I think that was might have been one or two more that aren't coming to mind right now. But the offensive line was able to stay pretty healthy, which I think is really important. Obviously, Kyler Murray had his his, his issues with his shoulder. Um, but other than that, you know, this team was, was 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 fairly healthy. But you do bring up a good point. You have older guys. You know, AJ Green's in his thirties. JJ Watts in his thirties. Um, those two guys in particular. You know, something happens to them. It's going to look like a waste of a signing. So to me, you know, there's a lot of good signings on paper, um, a lot of big names. But if they don't win and they don't produce, then does that matter? Like, who cares if if, if, if these names are are big names? These guys are stars. If this team can't win with them, then to me, it doesn't mean anything that they signed them. What what about the running game? Because obviously, Kyler Murray is going to be a big part of the running game. But I was surprised that because uh, I like Kenyon Drake, thought he did a good job, <clears throat> but he ends up going to the Raiders and he takes a, a two-year, eleven million dollar deal to be a backup. Uh, they got James Conner coming in in cheap, but how good are they going to be running the football? It's a question that we're still waiting to find out because, you know, it's, it looks like it's going to be a running back by committee type of thing with James Conner and Chase Edmonds. Um, I am not convinced that Chase Edmonds is a number one option at running back, um, but I think he might not have to be again. I think he's the type of guy, or this might be a type of situation where they can use both those guys intermittently, you know, go with the hot hand as Cliff Kingsbury likes to do. So it's, it's, I think that they're going to to have a, a solid running game. I don't think it's going to be spectacular. I think it's going to get the job done. I think it's also going to, these two guys are going to be able to spell each other, which I think is good for Kyler Murray because they're going to be able to take some of the running game off of his shoulders. Yeah, no doubt about it. But it's going to be, how good this this division right now, not only I think it's the best in football, it's one of the best I've seen in years. Because again, you have four teams that I think can be considered playoff teams. 100%. 100%. I think it's going to be a dogfight. Uh, you know, and I, I think that this is a type of division that we might not see def- decided until weeks, you know, what, 16, 17, and 18. You know, this is going to be one of those 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 years where one loss to any of those teams could be a major factor. Um, I mean, but let's look at last season. Cardinals lose to the Niners and the Rams last two games of the season. They're out of the playoffs. I think that that's, you know, this year might be a little bit more um, tougher in terms of you know a game early in the season might have a little bit more of an impact, but it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. Don't get me wrong, it's going to be great to cover. It's just going to be tough. Yeah, no doubt about it. But uh, <clears throat> it's going to be fun watching the games, and of course uh, we all have to find out if we're going to be able to travel to these games and all those different things. Uh, they loosened up a little something as far as getting some one-on-one interviews, but uh, it's it's not like it's going to be an open locker room for any of us. Right. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how it plays out. You know, it sounds like they're still working out what our access is going to look like during the regular season. Um, but you know, any and 
in person, any to me right now, any face to face interaction is better than look than, than doing it over a computer. So if, if it's you know if it's baby steps, if we're back in person in some sort of mix zone this year, I'll take it because maybe that means we're back in locker rooms next year. So mm-hmm. um, I think as long as it's done safe and smart. But as long as we're back in person, I think that's the most important thing. So, Josh Weinfuss, what do you have right now on ESPN.com? Um, I just wrote about Kyler Murray's um, comments from earlier this summer about how he he felt the Cardinals took his legs to be a luxury last season, um, or, or his legs should be a luxury. They shouldn't be what the Cardinals rely on. So I, 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 I wrote about that and how you know the Cardinals m- m- should not look at them as a um, – necessity in 2021 how they actually should be a luxury because of all the pieces that Kyler Murray now has to play with interesting Josh Weinfuss I thank you so much and from ESPN.com for joining us on Schooled with the Professor thanks John and that does it for this week's podcast in between episodes you can follow me on Twitter at Clayton ESPN if you enjoy these weekly one-on-one conversations consider leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the show thanks for listening see you next time on Schooled with the Professor Professor